in town. You, you can tell when it feels like a big weekend, that opening weekend, Penn State, LSU, and now Texas A&M. There have been a couple times where it really felt like a happening in Auburn over the weekend. And, and now, of course, with the with a, with a highly anticipated home basketball game tonight and then tomorrow night's game against Texas A&M, no surprise that it feels like a lot of folks are, if you're in town, you're staying in town this weekend, and if you're not uh, from Auburn but you visit occasionally, this feels like one of the weekends where you may make a visit. I tell you, there are a lot of things going on in addition. I mean, so many different things. Right now, right now, the first tour of the new football-only facility is underway. Um, and, and they'll do it again tomorrow. Between 4 and 6 today, they're giving tours. They're doing it again tomorrow. The media got a tour from 2.30 to 3.30, and, and wow. I mean, wow. You may have ridden by it. You may have seen some renderings. You may have seen some pictures. You may have seen the uh, couple-of-minute video today from Auburn Athletics, but it is it is a big-time wow. Now, there are no, no bowling alleys. There's a barbershop. Um, there are, I mean, there are so many amenities in there. It is a huge area. Twelve acres is how much this takes up. There is a full indoor field with much higher ceiling, much more room on the sides. Remember, we talked about the the player. Who was it? Was it Dad? Wasn't it Daz Worsham? That just about yes, uh, yes. The, uh, there wasn't a lot of room on the no, sideline and the, the door, and yeah. fortunately the door was unlocked. There, there's probably 15 yards before you get to any um, sides of the indoor practice facility, and at least as much on either end. Um, and it's really cool. So much natural light. Then that steps to. I mean, you come into a huge reception area. Well, I'll go into it in a little while, but I mean, very impressive. The, uh, the new football-only facility. The only answer we could get, uh, and, and our, our guide was asked at least three times, so when's it going to open? The answer, soon. I would say probably about, I mean, there, there are a few little finishing touches. They need to get a, some more, a, little, a little more furniture in there. But I would think that about the time that there's a new head coach is when it will uh, is when it will open. But but that's going on. Auburn and South Florida basketball tonight at 7 o'clock. And I don't know what the tougher ticket is, Auburn-South Florida basketball or Auburn-Texas A&M football tomorrow. Which is a little bit surprising amid the season Auburn's having that a home game would suddenly become a really hot ticket. But this is the first Auburn home game with Cadillac Williams as the interim right. head coach. And that's a big big reason and well i was gonna say i mean you can you depending on how you want to look at it this is the first auburn home game since they made the change to move on from brian right. harson this is the first auburn home game since cadillac was named the the interim head coach this is the last sec home game yep. of the season in many ways no disrespect to western kentucky no. but for a lot of folks this feels like the last big home game of the year and, and a chance to you know try to uh, to to change the narrative a little bit and 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 go into the off season uh, with some momentum and some excitement and some juice. So uh, yeah, I, I would expect a a pretty lively crowd uh, tomorrow uh, at least at least to start the game. Who knows what's going to happen as the game goes on? Sure, but, but that, I think that's that, right. I think that Auburn will be at its best 
uh, when, uh, when when the game kicks off tomorrow at Jordanair Stadium. Yeah, I, I agree. We'll talk about the game tomorrow, uh, basketball tonight. Anything on your mind, sports-wise, with Bill and Dan, as we're just underway again, mentioning we're at Skybar Cafe here on this Friday, and it's uh, it's the next to the last time here during football season we'll be here. It's the next to the last home game. That's the next right. To the last time we'll we'll be here this Friday and again next Friday. We'll be here for the for the final two home games of the season for Auburn, Texas A and M, and then uh, next week uh, Western Kentucky is the uh, is the opponent. And uh, Sky Bar doors not opening until six o'clock tonight, but a busy weekend. Park band, fly by radio, uh, DJ Ben Brood, who I'm told is a listener. Uh, to the drive, you know, among among other cool things going on here at Skybar, six o'clock uh, tonight. The doors will be uh, will be open r- right after we get off the air. But uh, but yeah, if you're in town for the game, or if you're in town uh, just because it's a uh, it's it's a great weekend to be in Auburn, by all means, check out Skybar. Also, want to thank Bud Light next mm-hmm. zero carb, super crisp light beer from the folks at Anheuser Busch. Give it a try. Always drink responsibly, but a very crisp. Zero carb light beer from the folks at Anheuser Busch. Bud Light Next is uh, one of the sponsors of our Friday shows downtown at Skybar this season. Hour number one of the drive brought to you as usual by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and Kia of Auburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. Also, the sponsor of our hotline, where let's go ahead and get to the hotline and welcome in. Our first guest of the afternoon, and that's the voice of the Auburn High School Tigers, who host Dothan in the second round of the 7A football playoffs tonight over at Duck Sanford Stadium at Scott Bagwell. Scott, how are you doing today? Good. How are you all doing? Well, one more time. Can, you, can we try Scott again? I don't know if we heard him that time. How are y'all doing? Y'all hey, Scott, we, we, go. got, we got you now. I think I had the wrong button muted. Scott, it's great to uh, great to talk to you as the uh, as the playoffs getting into uh, week uh, number week number two, week two. And and not a shock, Scott, that the the entire region here is what's left after week one. Yeah, and seven A, you're this area or this region, and then the Birmingham region swept. Not surprised there. So you get uh, two rematches in the second round in the north and the south part of 7a um and uh and uh and and auburn gets a dothan team that's playing their best football of the year and to be honest with you they've they've been in playoff mode for about the past month so um uh they they've had to to win and survive for about their past three to four games so uh, auburn gets the team that's uh the dothan team that's playing their best football of the year right now yeah both of the uh, uh both of the teams that i think Folks viewed as a as as seven A contenders from this region are going to have to go on the road, right? This this Saturday, that's sort of the way the playoff brackets work. Auburn's going to Dothan, and uh, is or is it the other way around? Yeah, no, Auburn. Yeah, Auburn, if Auburn, you're Central the higher Auburn and Central host, that's the it. higher seed gets the host. Yeah, right. it's um in a different like in if if it was a different setup where these two teams weren't in the same region and Auburn getting the host and then playing right. somebody who was on the road. Auburn would be on the road in the playoffs, but yeah, had, had the, had the other Montgomery, teams yeah. won, Auburn yeah. would be on the road. Had, had the Mobile side right. of the bracket right. won, they'd be hosting games, but, but but that's not the way it's working. So Auburn and Central hosting, that's right, right. Auburn and Central hosting yeah, yeah. Uh, Enterprise and Dothan, but not not a surprise to see the uh, uh, to, to see the clean sweep. It's it's become something yeah. uh, expected, you know, at, at times, especially when this region is strong. What can you tell us about the first time these two teams played this season, Auburn and Dothan, Scott? 
absolute domination by Auburn. It was a running running clock in the second half. It was thirty five nothing before a busted play uh, gave Dothan a touchdown. And but it was absolute domination. I do not expect that this time. Um, Dothan kind of figured some things out. They played uh, they played Central to within a touchdown. They beat Prattville the week after Auburn uh, throttled them. They uh, they beat Opelika. Um, their only one game where you go, what happened there was they went to Enterprise, and that was when Enterprise was struggling and got just just got walloped by them. But uh, this team that they they figured some stuff out. Uh, you watch their games and you're not really sure how they're coming across with wins, but they make plays. Uh, they grind out the game and they make you be pretty pretty precise on offense because if they get their offense rolling, uh, you're gonna you, you're gonna have to score and they can chew up a bunch of clock in a hurry. Auburn knocked off Fairhope last week at the Duck. Uh, just your your uh, uh, highlights, the high points, and any concerns from the win last week over Fairhope. No, well, the only concerns of uh, you know are the fact that there were thirty penalties in the game, and Auburn High had really nothing to do with that. Um, you know, that it was, was a pretty uh, long that, game. It was a long game, and it was because of some people involved right. that were not actually playing the game. Um, I thought Fairhope was the best team out of the Mobile region. Uh, they get a kicker hurt in a game, they lose by one, and then they lay an egg against Baker. That was the best team in the Mobile region. I thought that when I watched the games, I thought that. Watching them play Auburn, I thought that basically everything that they did, uh, great, uh, great coaching staff down in Fairhope. They had them ready to go, and they gave themselves an opportunity to win. Auburn was able to make enough plays and avoid enough big mistakes that uh, that they got the win. Um, and now it's all eyes to Auburn and, or all eyes to Dothan. And, and what's big here is you cannot look ahead. You have to take care of business and and not uh, you can't you can't get the rematch with Central without taking care of the Dothan game. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. I mean, that's got to be the big concern. Handling Dothan with as much ease as Auburn did earlier, it's tough uh, for, for some youngsters to uh, to go, yes, let's really you know just be focusing on Dothan because they know what lies ahead if they win. But that's the first thing you've got to do is get this win. Don't worry about what even the... What even is going on between Central and Enterprise? Auburn needs to take care of business tonight. Scott, what what do you think uh, Dothan could improve on from the first time? I know you described it as total well, domination, but realistically, like what are some things that you think Dothan could could uh, could could do better in the second matchup well, between these two teams? Well, the big thing is that was Game Three. This is Game Twelve. Um, they have some defensive backs that have gotten leaps and bounds better. Auburn had re- receivers running free left and right in that game. Um, they've gotten a lot better in their in their coverage over as the year has developed. The other thing is is their best player was not 100%. Raymond Blackman, the running back who's going to carry it a bunch of times tonight, um, was not 100%, and uh, he's full go here today. So uh, that's going to be the biggest change is the fact that uh, they've gotten better on defense, and their running back is going to be healthy for this, this offense. It's very much like what Enterprise has been in the past. They're, they're averaging close to 300 rushing yards per game. Well, uh, the, the Auburn offense has been clicking pretty well. I mean, again, you don't want to have the silly mistakes. Don't want to have penalties. Don't want to have, you know, things, uh, you know, putting yeah. the ball on the ground, helping them out. If Auburn can can play a clean game, they, they, they ought to be preparing to play again next week. 
when you look at the stretch of Auburn not really scoring points, there's not a whole lot of empty possessions due to punts this year. It's normally turnovers. Uh, against Prattville in the second half, turnovers. Against Central, it was turnovers. Um, against Opelika, there were two empty possessions, but then Auburn didn't get close to being slowed down in the second half. Um, against Fairhope, there were, there were some stops, and then the running game got going. They got a couple of breaks, and they blew the game open. If Auburn takes care of the football, and if Auburn tackles well in space, Auburn will win. They'll probably win by more than one score, and they'll be ready to go on to next week. Scott, what are you expecting in the uh, Central Enterprise game? I know that's an Enterprise team that's been, you know, up and down uh, this year, and uh, uh, you know that will decide that will decide the the uh, the matchup for it'll next decide week. Whether all, yeah, it'll decide, you know, oh. sure the matchup and and if Auburn wins, where they'll play. It, it's hard to expect anything but a Central win. It's in the three big games that Central had. They were at home, not counting the loss yep. to. Um, Opelika, because Opelika, this wasn't the case. But against Auburn, against Enterprise, against Hewitt, and you add in IMG, incredibly fast starts in those games. It was 21 nothing in the blink of an eye against Enterprise. That game finished 27-7. It was 14 nothing in the blink of an eye against Auburn, and it, and it finished as a 21-point win for the Red Devils. They went up 12 nothing on, on IMG, I mean, but IMG's IMG. They came back and won the game. In the big game, Central staff has schemed and got a game plan to give them a two-score lead in a hurry. Enterprise has to weather the storm, and if they can't do that, there is no path to victory without weathering that storm and being even at the end of the first quarter. Um, if, if Central gets rolling, they're, they're really, really tough to stop. So uh, for Enterprise, they got to find a way to get some success early in that game. Weather looks like it's clearing and uh, should be good weather for football tonight. Uh, any tickets available for the game, Scott? Yeah, go to GoFan. You'll be able to order some online. And uh, remember, order your home tickets. Uh, otherwise, if you order an away ticket, you'll have to sit on the visiting side. You'll, you'll need to order the home tickets and then come in on the home side. Sounds good. Scott, again, uh, um, the, uh, the norm, 630 uh, with the pregame? Yep, 630 pregame, 7 o'clock kick. All right, Scott, appreciate you joining us, man. Have a great broadcast this evening, and good luck. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. Scott Bagwell joining us here at the uh, beginning of the drive on this Friday. Usually with us on Thursdays, he was uh, running around doing some things yesterday. Appreciate him spending a little bit of time with us here as we just get underway from Skybar Cafe. We'll get to our first break, then we'll open up the Kia of Auburn hotline, and you can call us 334-321-1390. Or you could also text us. I was on mute there as I uh, was uh, checking something on the equipment. Uh, you can uh, you can text the show three three four five six four eighteen forty on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can get however you listen to podcasts. Go to espnau.com or search your favorite podcasting platform for The Drive with Bill Cameron. New episodes uh, posted as soon as we finish them live on uh, on the radio. We'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Love for you to join in on the Kia of Auburn hotline as we continue from Skybar Cafe here on the Friday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. 
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Back to Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan coming to you from Sky Bar Cafe. Love for you to join in on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Anything on your mind sports-wise. Again, tours of the brand-new football-only facility. It is not um, open to the the team yet, but soon was the answer. And, yeah, you can see, I mean, just some finishing touches, but, man, a, a very impressive facility. I started... Uh, started giving you a little, little bit of information about it. I mean, you come into a, a big lobby. There's a big uh, sort of grand lobby where, you know, the, the public can come in and see the huge screens. I think he said there were 2,000 square um, 2,000 square inches of screens there in the lobby and over 3,000 uh, in, in the building. But 2,000 of it's there in the lobby where you're seeing, you know, uh, uh, highlights, games, you know, things like that going on there on the screen. <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, and and but then then you you have to have. I mean, it will require a swipe card to uh, to get in to the rest of the facility, and uh, that's where the players the, the players can go in. There is there are two separate locker rooms. There is a locker room that is just sort of for uh, comfort, relaxation, and then there is the, they called it the armory, and that is the locker room where you're getting your gear on. In, in, in the armory, there are, I mean, so many uh, fans for drying equipment, um, you know, from, from sweat, rain, whatever, I mean, there are racks where helmets can go, shoulder pads can go, shoes can go in, and there are multiple fans drying the shoes, and the the uh, then then dirty used gear goes into one place. Uh, so so that is where the armory is where they get ready for practice. There is a there, in the middle of the building there is a circular room with no columns, big circular room. I believe it's a I believe he said it's a hundred foot circle that has giant. Bean bags, the biggest bean bags I've ever seen. That players can, they said, you know, 300 pounders, no problem, and it sort of just wraps around them. And there's no no problem with them breaking. All kinds of oversized, comfortable chairs, and another giant screen that they can run one or two different things on. He said they can play video games on them. They can watch games. They can watch movies. They can do whatever. It is. Right there in the middle. So players can go and they can go to the first dressing room where they can get, you know, out of whatever they're they're wearing to class or whatever if they want. Put on sweats or shorts or something like that. Hang out. And there's lighting. And they have um, they have streams on the ceiling. Lights, lights that are shaped like wings uh, to sort of give you the eagle, you know, the eagle signal. And then... Hanging down from among the lights are um, the effect of toilet paper, but it's it's white, re- sort of reflective 
Um, I would guess it's hard plastic, but I mean, it gives you a really cool effect as the lights sort of change. It's sort of dim lit. It's very comfortable. It is a cool hangout room. One and, of the- and what we were told, but what we were told is so many places have the the locker room, and right next to it is the oh the relaxation room. And nobody goes into that because they've come out of the locker room. They're sweating. They've got like car wash kind of uh, showers where you can go through after practice, then come in, change, go to a different type shower, go into the relaxation room if you want, and then go into the front locker room to change back into your other clothes. Well, they've got a place where, where players can hang out without sort of the smells hanging out with you. Absolutely. From the, from the and equipment. that's important. Yeah. That's important. And and, and we, were, we were informed about all the fans, that if all the fans were turned on in the armory, in the locker room, it's going to sound like a jet taking off. And and the uh, and I know there's you know they've they've tried different sort of Auburn centric uh, lighting gimmicks and things. I know there's there's a well there's the part that sort of uh, isn't there a sort of a toilet paper esque motif? From yeah, that's the what I was talking yeah. about there in in the in the lounge there where where those giant bean bags are. Right. So there's you know sort of some some Auburn centric. I mean you, you get the feeling. There's so many cool things. The, the amenities, the amenities for players that are going to get to use them, but also the the, the way this could be a, a barber shop as you go yeah, in. The, the way this could be a selling point on the recruiting trail, right? The way this is going to be a crucial sort of piece of when, when Auburn brings players and their families to campus, being allowed, you know, being able to show them this this building, you know, it it factors in whoever the coach is moving forward, right? You know, it's another arrow in the in the quill right for whoever gets to have it's a quill right you keep your yes. arrows okay so the uh, it's it's another sort of weapon in the arsenal for a uh, for for an auburn coach trying to sell auburn to prospective student athletes one of the, one of the uh, cool places we got to see there toward the end i told you about the the full 100 yard plus indoor facility and right next to it is the the giant i believe they said 25,000 square foot um Workout area, strength and conditioning program with with everything you could imagine, and they've got there are cameras and monitors on every piece of equipment, so there won't be any fudging of how many reps you did, but they're also um, monitoring, uh, you know, the the players and their their heart rate. Uh, yeah, who their, went through? Were you there when someone went through the scanner? I got the picture. The full body uh, scanner. Yeah, that that yeah, that thousands of pictures have taken so that and because it's it's right there with a three D um duplicator. It, it looks like right a machine there in, in the room, which can make anything in case you need um, you know, if if you need a, a cast or if you need a brace or if you need any kind of something, it knows the exact measurements of your you know, your shoulders, your looks, arm, your it, legs, your your whatever. It resembles a machine that would turn you into a superhero or turn like a, Willem Dafoe. It's gonna create it's gonna create your armor. Yeah, Willem that's Dafoe what it's doing. Willem Dafoe steps in in the first Spider Man movie, becomes a green goblin and a machine like that. Like that's they've got a, a full body scanner, which is I mean, the latest medical technology oh, for guys absolutely. that you want to but but also, like you said, yeah, for for uh, uh for, for being able to uh, provide protective equipment at the exact right uh, measurements that that's that's yeah they said so if somebody it. sprains you know a wrist they've got a they've, they've got the the support for it immediately right they just go they just go and scan them and it's like here it is you don't have to worry about getting something cutting it down to size or whatever it's made to fit you think they used to have a guy with tape measures like a tailor you think they used to have a guy something you know close. To go, yeah, pr- probably try to get they, the- they'd have the standard thing and then they'd try to either add to it take a little off of it things like that 
don't have to do that. But what I was going to say is really the coolest area is one of the areas we got to there at the end where the old where the old War Eagle Wall from uh, from J and M is up and it's overlooking both the weight room and the practice field. So they said recruits can look there, families can be up there. You know, if there's practice going on, they've got some recruits that don't have to be on the field. They may want to be on the field, but if they want a better perspective, they can go up and look from up above. And and to the side of that are all the coaches' offices, which overlook practice field as well. So, I mean, yes, a very, very impressive uh, tour that we got today of the football-only facility. Tour is going on till 6 o'clock today, 4 till 6 tomorrow. We're here till 6 today at Sky Bar Cafe. We'd love for you to join in. 334-321-1390. Bill and Dan, come on in and join us here on the Friday Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Body edition, Bill and Dan here at Sky Bar Cafe in downtown Auburn. They'll open up at 6 this evening. Um, we were talking a little bit about the football-only facility. And then, of course, you've got Auburn basketball tonight at 7 o'clock. Auburn High School football coming up over on our sister station, Wings 94.3, if you want to catch some outstanding high school football tonight over at Duck Sanford Stadium. And then a, a full day of football tomorrow. And Auburn tomorrow night against Texas A&M. Now, tomorrow night, uh, you, you want to bring a little wrap. It's going to be it's going to be cooler. Temperatures should be in the 40s. Well before halftime. Yeah, br- bring bring the good shaker and bring some warmth. Yeah. You know, bring bring layers because it's going to be, uh, especially as the game progresses, it's going to get colder. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think uh, it should shouldn't get wet, right? Like it feels no, no, like no, it's, there's no chance of rain. Yeah, that feels, I saw for feels like it'll be mostly I think pleasant. The rain, rain's but, all gone now. But it but it could get cold as the night goes on. Oh, yeah. It could be a pretty cold couple of nights this weekend. So yeah, be be prepared for that if you. Uh, if you plan on attending tomorrow night. Connor Wigman is expected to get the start for Texas A&M tomorrow. Um, I mean, man, Jimbo Fisher's been through some quarterbacks this year. And, you know, and and for A&M, it hasn't been the exact same kind of season because they haven't made a coaching change. But for A&M... Record-wise, it's it's pretty... Both teams are on five-game losing streaks and three and six right now. Both teams did not compete in the SEC the way they thought they would this season. Although, although, although... The expectations for Auburn were a lot lower than they were. Auburn was picked at the bottom of the West. Yes, A and M was picked number six in the country. A and M was a top five team viewed as a, a a playoff contender by a lot of folks going into uh, going into this season, and that's not the they're way they're fighting for sixth in the West yeah, right now. I mean, they, they're hoping to get bowl eligible. They got to pull off some wins right. to uh, to do it between now and the end of the season. Uh, Connor Wegman, though, uh, trying to make the argument that he is the answer mm-hmm. at quarterback and someone that A and M can have. A reason for excitement 
this offseason. They're, they're looking for something to be excited about right now. They've already done the recruiting class thing. I mean, they could get excited about that if they wanted to, but I think A&M folks, especially going into year six for yes. Jimbo, like they'd like to be excited about a quarterback and some passing offense and and some you know some points on the board. And so I think, I think quality performances by Wegman in November would do a lot to sort of ease concerns that this A&M thing isn't just stagnant at the moment, but for A&M folks that want hope, for A&M folks that want to believe this thing is going to get better under Jimbo Fisher, a solid month by Connor Wegman would would put some of those fears at ease, and that's what Auburn's going to be up against tomorrow night. Well, they need something besides uh, Devin A. Chain on on offense to uh, you know. How much longer are you going to be able to bank on that at Texas A&M yeah, too? No, that would be the other concern. Is yeah, I, I mean, much longer. I mean, if I'm Devin A. Chain, are you signed up for another season of this when there's he's going to have options. Right? Oh, like, he will. That's everybody, a, and that's the thing everybody does now. Everybody who hasn't transferred can go. Hey, I can play wherever next year. So, uh, so, so that's the other thing that that Texas a A lot of Texas A&M fans are concerned about that great freshman class that signed this past year and wondering, you know, how many of those guys are going to be back. Now, if I had asked you, um, you know, before the start of the season, what looked like strengths of Texas A&M. I don't think that anyone would have said or would have gone too far without naming the defensive line. They had, on paper, as good a signing class of defensive linemen and then some returning guys, but they're giving up 215 yards a game rushing. That, to me, is as is as big a concern as their offensive problem. Although that wouldn't have shocked you, I don't think, because you've seen teams try to go extremely young on the defensive line before. And while that might bear fruit eventually, especially in an era where you had true freshmen that were going to also be juniors and seniors on your team, which isn't this era of college football, uh, you would have thought, okay, we're playing top-tier young defensive linemen we may struggle early. Early is what the thought was, but they've been they've struggled throughout. They've struggled all season, and they and they may they may continue to struggle. It may take another well, year. Auburn better hope. I mean, Auburn is relying on the running game now, and I would think there will be more uh, planned runs and the ways for Robbie Ashford to be able to run the ball and to get the ball to Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter and Damari Alston for that matter. Uh, so that's that's where Auburn, you know. Is, is looking to to hope to continue Texas A&M's troubles there. Yeah, it's just been one game, but but I do think that uh, the Mississippi State game, you know, m- maybe there was more leaning on what Robbie Ashford does oh, no well that, that, than there had been in the, certainly when Robbie Ashford was first inserted into the action as your primary quarterback, but even as the season went on, right, it seemed like there was more of a hope that Robbie's going to get more comfortable. Uh, yeah, he wasn't having to throw the ball 40 times. You'd rather have him try to run the ball 25 times and throw it 40. Right, and and try to try to, you know, make it count when you do decide to throw the football, but not, you know, sa- save those bullets, right? And and make make it seem like, you know, uh, make make the defense worry primarily about your run game if you can produce that way. Auburn's had a couple of games of late where the running game has looked like they, they that it's something defenses should worry about. It's going to need well, to be 256 against Miss, uh, Mississippi State. Was uh, was very comforting and threw a 300 plus 300 plus in the Ole Miss game. I understand it's Ole yep. Miss, but it's also a run game that had some success against Ole Miss. So we've seen of late, you know, Auburn 
You know, better late than never to establish something of an identity on well, offense. I mean, Brian Harson wasn't Brian Harson is just uh, was not a guy that wanted the quarterback to run the ball. No, it, from from the very beginning, right? right. What you're saying is, he is didn't this, want Bo running. I mean, yes, I mean it was. It, we we heard that Bo Nix and and T.J. Finley, you know, it was the same offense. You know, when when both quarterbacks were in the game with with little variation, which well, that, I don't I don't know that, if that I would, should have been a pretty strong message right there. I don't know if I would have said that into a microphone yeah, myself. Really. I, I, you know, far be it for me to, to second guess, but I don't know if that that's one I would have tried to keep uh, keep under wraps. But but no, you're right. We wondered, you know, what what kind of comfort level uh, this coaching staff had with the, the previous coaching staff had with a quarterback who's uh, as as mobile or fits the skill set. Of a Robbie Ashford, uh, we'll we'll see if Auburn with the with Ashford in, the, in these last couple of games can uh, can try to produce uh, something that that's a little bit more uh, comfortable to him. You know, the other thing that's going to be interesting. I wonder if we will see more of some of the young guys uh, that that can play without losing their red shirts. Um, I, I think you know heading now. Rob, Auburn didn't need do you anybody. Have, do you have it on on hand, by the way? Like how how many games some of the true freshmen have have played in? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't have it right yeah. in front of me. But I've got a pretty good idea. Uh, one that that I, I've heard this week is we're going to see is uh, going to be uh, young Alex McPherson. Interesting. Um, I think I think Anders Carlson has missed some practice time this week, and you know he he has really struggled to get the ball into the end zone on kickoffs. I mean, maybe Anders kicks the uh, short field goals, uh, but but you let McPherson kick off. If you could just get somebody that can put the ball into the end zone with regularity, you probably win last week's game if you can do that. And what's extra disappointing about that is that this is a guy who, I mean, it's it's not a mystery as to what happened to Anders Carlson, right? Like this is no. a guy who suffered a serious knee injury right. last year. He's been trying to work his way back. Still probably not the player he was before he got hurt. Uh, and, and we've seen, I mean, I, I made the comparison earlier in the week to Alan Flanagan, right? Like you want, you want to be, you, you want to be more patient than you might be with, with just any player because one, he's had a sensational Auburn career and two, you know how good he was. Right. You know how good he, he can be before if, he if got he's hurt. 100%. But it's just, it's just a matter of like, I, I, I it's a, disip, it's a, it's a, it's a regrettable situation for all parties involved, right? Having to make a decision mm -hmm. because you're not, you're not making, I mean, you're making the decision based at least in part on Anders's performance, but there's the understanding that that performance is being impacted by the injury he suffered last year that he's still probably not all the way back from. Well, you know, hopefully he could at least kick short field goals and, and you could let him know that you're trying to help him uh, return and not putting too much pressure on him and uh, too much on him trying to kick the ball, you know, Deeper than he can yeah, right now physically. If you can give McPherson a, a a taste of college football action without sacrificing his eligibility, yeah, right now he's he's Auburn's got at the most four games if they get to a bowl game and he hasn't appeared. Who else would come to mind of players uh, in, in in that category? Are any of the receivers in red shirt mode? Or I mean, I feel like we've seen them all. I think the receivers have probably all played enough uh, that I don't think there's anybody that you'd be holding out. That would be Camden Brown, Jay Fair. Amari Kelly. And Amari Kelly, all three of them, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I think all those guys have. Uh, I mean, Riley Ducker? Uh, yeah, I don't know how much he's played. I mean, he's been on the he, field. He's, yeah, I, I know mean, he's played in two or three games. I don't know if he's played in more than in four or more. I thought it was interesting last week that Auburn had not started a true freshman all year, and they started three last week. Um, you, 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 saw Kay, you saw Caleb Wooden start. You saw Did J.D. Rim start? 
J.D. Rim started and played like 65. J.D. Rim played a lot. That's, that's a guy you're going to see a lot yep. more, I think, over the final few weeks of the season. And uh, who was the third? Who was the third freshman that started? But Auburn started three freshmen last week, so I think that's a change in philosophy. It's like, look, every look, guys. You know, we're we're going to play um, the best guy available, or who has the best practice, or who gives us the best, the best chance to win. And I don't think that Brian Harson wasn't playing players that he didn't think would give him the best chance to win. But I do think there was some, you know, a nod toward seniority. And, and I think he was also maybe less in the mood to evaluate, right? Like he was he was maybe somebody who needed results from, from what he was out there. Right. So he was playing. He was less inclined to take a chance on a player who hadn't seen the field very much in their college football career. I think with Cadillac Williams, you can almost treat that like a reward, right, for someone who's been putting in yeah. the work. And, and, you know, yeah, let's, let's kick the tires and see what they can give you for a series or two uh, this uh uh, this uh, you know in in the game tonight and the next couple of games uh, to close out the season. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Love for you to join in. What do you think about tomorrow's game? Are you excited about it and why? Demario Alston would also maybe fit yeah. the bill. I mean, we've seen we've he, seen Demario. Well, he Alston. got the ball. He got the ball yeah. fairly early last week. Yeah. just one time. But I think you know they see him on the jet sweeps and things like that just as a threat. Well, you least. remember you remember how Cadillac would light up. You know, back in the back in the off season when Damari Alston's name right. would come up too. Understanding, like part of the reason why you didn't see more Damari Alston this year is because Auburn happened to have Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a role for a talented true freshman running back who who had some other really talented upperclassmen there in the locker room with him. But as the season goes on, and as Auburn probably prepares for life without Tank Bigsby following the season, I, I mean, I, I think it's it's it, there's there's no there's there's no telling what any of these players decide to do, but I would think certainly Tank would be a candidate to move on oh, and yeah. explore. I mean, it would be a surprise if if, if he didn't at least strongly. Oh, oh it would consider. be. I mean, it'd be a big surprise if he we, if, if he's if he's in in college. We did year. a show the day Cadillac and Ronnie decided to come back. Yeah, like it would be more surprising for Tank Bigsby to return just because of how much college football has changed and. Uh, you know the the way those seasons sort of played out. Like it would be it would be more of a surprise for Tank to opt in for for a senior year. So yeah, I think Auburn getting ready for life. You know, after Tank Bigsby and how you're going to produce on the ground without him. That's an argument to maybe uh, to to give Demari Alston a little bit more action in the final month of his of his freshman year because if you had to pick players that'll have a bigger role on next year's team. Damari Alston feels like one that you could safely you could safely point to and say, you know, from from this year to next year, there could there could be there could be a lot more expected of Damari Alston on next so year's So here offense. here's a question for you, our listeners, for today. What's more important now? To play some young players, get them ready for the future, or try to win enough games to 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 hopefully make it to a bowl game? Ooh. What's more important? So where I mean you you never you never go out there not trying to win, but I'm saying is it is it time to let's see what some of the young kids can do, perhaps at the expense of you know it 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 we might not get a win. I think it's it's hard to answer without knowing like the the difference between the younger players and the older players, right? Like you know, without without knowing what you're going to sort of get. Out of the older players, like I think it's a silver lining. If you're if you're get if you're not competitive, the fact that you have young players on the field isn't going to be much of a consolation. Uh, but, but there's also the possibility, and we've seen it already, right? That you, you give someone a shot, and Jeremiah Wright 
you know, take takes to the right. I know, I know there's some some ups and downs there with Jeremiah's game on. He's, um, he's aggressive at times, maybe just a bit too aggressive. Yeah, he was. You know, he was really happy to be out there, and at times felt like maybe he was a little too happy yeah. to be out there. Hey, on the, uh, hadn't been able to be out there. He know, wanted to make up for for lost time. You know, I've had coaches tell me though, uh, offensive lineman's playing too physical. I can work with that. Like I can, right. I can, I can find a way to, you know, sort of. You, the bigger issue is when the offensive lineman isn't physical enough. Right. Like that's oh, absolutely. That's going to be a harder one to teach. But uh, but no, I think there's been uh, there there have been some instances of Auburn uh, uh, finding out they've got something maybe with, with a young player mm-hmm. or two. So I'd uh, yeah I'd be, I'd be interested to see how much more of that we see and who else sort of takes to their I'd to, take to a their look introduction. At, I, I think I'd love to take a look at young linebackers. Well, there were, I mean, Levant and Lester, or uh, uh, right? It was, yes, it was, it was, it was, they were, but I mean, you've got there Robert Woodyard and Powell Gordon. Uh, Powell Gordon could now play every snap from this point on and still get a red shirt. I'd like to at least see him on special teams because Auburn special teams coverage is not anything to uh, be terribly excited about either. If you can't kick off into the end zone, you better be able to tackle that return guy. Certainly seemed like against Mississippi State, especially after those first few drives, Auburn was going everywhere with linebacker, right? Like Auburn oh, yeah. was looking all over the depth chart. It was all hands on deck. I think that was in part because how many of those first few Will Rogers passes were thrown right to a spot where it was going to yep. be a linebacker in coverage? Should be. And they, they did that over and over and over again on the first couple drives of the game. And... You know, I haven't heard too much about how the linebackers performed during Mississippi State's sort of scoring. Seemed like they did a lot better after the early, after the first two or three drives. Yeah, and it was and it was often uh, Barton Lester and Jake Levant among right. others. I don't want to give them the only credit, but those are the two linebackers I saw out there a lot when Auburn mm-hmm. was was able to get stops. Oh, there were tons of people going, "Who's who's fifty one? Who's forty six? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, and and we we happened to be there the day Levant yeah. got a scholarship, so we recognize who he is. And he made a uh, that was a long time ago, but. He made an interception in coverage right after getting that right interception. Did, at, so at, I would that practice. I would sure think did. maybe, uh, yeah, maybe this is a guy who knows. And I guess the other concern there would be Mississippi State is a different kind of offense that you'll see from oh, a lot of other completely people. Completely, as than, far as what most. what your yes. linebackers are are called upon to do. Mm-hmm. And against a team like A and M, it might be more important to have linebackers that can hold their own and run coverage because you're yeah, going to need guys better better be in the right place and not. Um, because if you're not, if you step take one step the wrong way, A-Chain can take you to the house. Right. So so we'll see what Auburn does at linebacker. But, I mean, that could be veterans. That could be some of the younger players who got a taste last week. That could be younger players who didn't get on the field last week. 334-321-1390. We need to get to our final break of hour number one. Come on in and join us as we continue from Skybar Cafe here on the Friday Drive. The drive continues. 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 The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back to the drive. Final few minutes of hour one this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan coming to you from Sky Bar Cafe. Again, what's uh, what's on the schedule here? We got uh, tonight the Park Band on the main stage. Ty Reynolds up front. Uh, tomorrow night you got Fly By Radio on the main stage. McCoy's up front. They'll be open at 6 o'clock tonight. And then tomorrow, open all day. College football action on the big screens. If you're not going to Jordan-Hare Stadium for Auburn, Texas A&M, they'll have that on every screen. We were just talking during the commercial break about some of the uh, uh, some of the action 
tomorrow in oh, the yeah. SEC. Oh, we'll, yeah, we'll talk more about those some of those well, games in hour number two. You're looking for somewhere to watch. Uh, yeah, come on come on by Skybar tonight or tomorrow for, uh, uh, for, for, for all your action. Yeah, let's see. LSU-Arkansas is an 11 o'clock game, isn't it? I think. I think that's a... Uh, that's the early game that Alabama Ole Miss at 2.30, and then, um, you know, the, the Auburn-Texas uh, A&M game, one of the evening games tomorrow. There, there are a few. It's not a huge weekend of, wow, you know, big ranked matchups. You know, if you're not, if you're not going to, to uh, Neville Arena uh, tonight for Auburn and South Florida, they'll have that on the screens here at oh, Skybar okay. as well. That game's uh, an ESPN Plus, SEC Network Plus game, but they, they do a good job getting that. On, on as many screens as possible. The fact that they move us behind the internet paywall doesn't stop the folks at Skybar. You can still watch the uh, the, the Auburn game uh, tonight in Auburn. Well, that's well, maybe the only way because I don't know that there are any tickets available no, I, for it either. You know what? And if you didn't get a ticket already with the with the number of folks in town, good yep. good luck uh, finding a way into Auburn, South Florida uh, tonight. But Auburn after uh, after the big win Monday, trying to uh, tr- trying to keep things rolling. Uh, yeah, and, and South Florida struggled. Uh, I believe it was Samo, uh, uh, Southeast Missouri, uh, is, is who they lost to the other night and lost to them. Um, I think they're about 20-point underdogs tonight. And and that's with an Auburn team that didn't really shoot it very well. Hopefully we see them shoot it a little better. I don't think we see Chance Westry tonight. Bruce Pearl made it sound like he's getting closer. He had a full-speed practice but without contact. So probably next week. Or the return of the uh, true freshman. Tell you what could be a problem for South Florida is that in that in that game against uh, against Simo on Monday, they really, I mean, the, the the rotation's really just six players playing over twenty. That's not good news and, against an Auburn team that plays eleven right now. Right, and they and they 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 went to a couple of players off the bench, but but for the most part, it seems like this is a pretty limited rotation for South Florida, and that is. I mean, you, those guys need to have such success if you're going to try that against Auburn because oh, yeah. Bruce Pearl's speed at that pace and with the fact that he can he can lean on his, his bench for some depth. Just, I mean, it's, it's going to be whether or not South Florida can will Auburn into playing a slower, more controlled basketball game. If this game's at Auburn's speed, if this game's at Auburn's tempo, uh, you're, we're going to see why Auburn's a 20-point favorite. Yeah, remember Auburn played down there last year, and it was a struggle. They didn't play great against South Florida a year ago. Uh, South Florida also not a um, a great shooting team, so I don't know how pretty this one's going to be tonight. South Florida on Monday hosts Stetson, uh, and Stetson is a team that picked up very impressive. One of the more pro- may, may- ESPN one zero six seven WGZZ HD three Waverly and W two nine four AR Auburn Opelika. Stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT, plus four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink, all for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii. I'm Christine Lisi. It is no longer day by day when it comes to the Bills and quarterback Josh Allen, but literally hour by hour. That's what Coach Sean McDermott told reporters today about Allen, who's officially questionable with a right elbow injury. Buffalo's offense will be dramatically different if Case Keenum starts in place of Allen. Notes ESPN's Herm Edwards. He has wonderful arm talent. We know we can run. And the problem is now, those players are no longer a part of your offense. 
So Ken Dorsey is going to have to do a good job, really, of managing the game. If Case Keenum's the guy that has to play, he's going to have to play his style. He cannot play like Josh Allen. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray and safety Buda Baker questionable against the Rams. The 49ers will welcome back eight players from injury against the Chargers Sunday night, including receiver Debo Samuel. NBA ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reports the NBPA believes there's optimism for a resolution very soon to the Kyrie Irving situation. Nets suspended Irving a minimum of five games for failing to initially apologize for tweeting a link to a film containing anti-Semitic material. He may not be in a position, though, to return within the next two games. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome to hour number two of The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan, we were so excited we carried away, and uh, uh, actually... We, we didn't have the return on at the end of the hour, so so we missed the the music there. We apologize for that. Bill and Dan, it's Friday afternoon. I have afternoon. no idea when we went to commercial. We no, were talking about either. college basketball. I looked, I looked down at the at the clock and went, man, there ought to be a commercial break running. And, oh, it is. Indeed, there was. In, yeah, indeed, so, there was. So, I mean, we're just, that was just bonus time for the folks that are around here at Skybar. <laughs> Bill and Dan at Skybar Cafe here on the Friday Drive. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here at Skybar. Been here on Fridays throughout football season, it's been uh, it's been a real pleasure, and we will uh, we'll be back next Friday as well. Lots of cool stuff going on here at Sky Bar this weekend, uh, including uh, tomorrow they'll have the game on all the big screens. If you're looking for somewhere to watch Auburn and Texas A&M tonight, they'll have the basketball game right. on, on all the big screens. If you're looking for somewhere to watch Auburn and South Florida, uh, they'll have Park Band and uh, the Ty Reynolds. Uh, performing tonight, Flyby Radio and the McCoys tomorrow. Ben Brood, the DJ, uh, I, I, all weekend long. I, I assume that is uh, this generation of the McCoys. Oh, it's not, you, don't, you don't think it's the, the one that... Hang on Sloopy? No, I, don't I, don't think it's, I don't think it's Rick Derringer and, 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 and the McCoys with Hang on Sloopy. Now, I know Rick, Do you know that Rick Derringer was the lead singer of, of, of the original McCoys? I, now, I, I know Rick Derringer because he recorded Hulk Hogan's theme song. You know, Rick Derringer from Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. Real, and, and real, he was in the Edgar Winter Band. I mean... And, uh, and Real American, Hulk yeah, Hogan. I saw, Hulk I saw Hogan's him with Ring Those All-Stars. It's, I've, I've heard I've heard this story before, yeah. Ruggin. And um, uh, I don't think it's those McCoys. No, no it's not. Uh, tonight at uh, or tomorrow night. it's not the real McCoys, which is a TV series back in the 50s. Tonight at Skyrim. That, that's correct. And so we will, uh, I, I'm unfamiliar with the real McCoys, but I've, I've heard Oh, you got you to check I've, it. His grandpa had a, had a bad limp. It was like that, Uncle Joe from, okay. the, uh, from, uh, from the Junction? From Petticoat Junction. <laughs> I knew that one. <laughs> All right, so we... Uh, but no, if you're if you're looking for somewhere to watch uh, Auburn uh, tonight or tomorrow, Sky Bar will have it like a caller, on too? the on the uh, on the big screens and and by all means, uh, if you're uh, uh, yeah, I mean if if you're looking for uh, if you're looking for somewhere to watch Auburn Texas tomorrow night, Sky Bar will have it. And also want to thank our friends at uh, Bud Light Next uh, mm-hmm. who sponsor our Friday shows uh, when we come downtown and uh, Bud Light Next 
a cool, crisp, zero-carb light beer from the folks at Anheuser-Busch. Uh, check it out wherever you buy your beer. Please drink responsibly. Uh, that's a uh, zero-carb, crisp light beer from Bud Light, Bud Light Next. Hour number two of The uh, Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center. I just uh, hope I can, I mean, I love going to them. I just hope I'm just going to them for rehab for the next few weeks, and then I don't have to go back for more surgery later. But they have done a great job. Locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334 334- Three two one thirteen ninety. You can also text the show three three four five six four eighteen forty on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. I'd love to know from folks that are excited about tomorrow night's uh, game, Bill. I, you know, for for folks that are, you know, if you, if you were thinking about, uh, if you were thinking about, if you were thinking about skipping it, and you've changed your mind in the last couple of weeks. Sure. Or, why are you excited? Yeah. Like what? what what's uh, what, what's got folks fired up about tomorrow night? Because. I mean, I think part of it is is the opportunity to show appreciation for uh, Cadillac Williams and the coaches who remain, and the players who have who have made up this sort of era of Auburn football as well. I think it's also something of a backlash to some of the stories we've heard about the toxicity of Auburn football and the the way Brian Harson was sabotaged and didn't really have a chance because expectations are so unrealistic for Auburn folks. And, and yeah, this is a chance to fight back a little bit against that sort of stuff by showing folks that Auburn can be a special and very positive place uh, to support uh, student-athletes, even when the season isn't going the way they'd like. Yeah, and I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see when the team comes out of the tunnel tomorrow. I wonder, I mean, I, I, I have, you know, you have flashbacks. You remember, you remember how that 2004 team, um, you know, fighting soldiers. You remember arm in arm. I've got a feeling you're going to see something like that. Maybe see that again. I wonder if there will be former players involved as well as they come out of the tunnel. But I would not be surprised to see something very similar when Auburn comes out of the tunnel tomorrow night. I, I want to say someone has commented publicly on the former players aspect of it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I know. I, I know. I've, I've read that. That former teammates will be joining Carnell as they as they enter the field. Yeah, I think. But Cat, I mean, I, I don't know that I had read that it would be arm in arm, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about the arm in arm part. You know, specifically, I don't know if that's been. But been can't you can't you just see that? Yes, I've got that picture just you know burned in my memory. But Cadillacs, I mean, I, I, I would think that. Uh, there, there has been talk of former teammates of Cadillac Williams. Oh, he's, or other he's talking Auburn, twenty plus. Yeah, other former, former teammates former that have said players. they're going to be here. Yeah, I, I would think there's uh, there, there's the possibility of something like that uh, tomorrow night as well. And and you know a salute not just to uh, to to Cadillac Williams, but to the you know the the last few decades of Auburn football and right. some of the key figures who made uh, Auburn into into what it is now. So yeah, I think it, this is a. I mean it's. It's not just playing off of nostalgia because it is it is very much of the now. In I mean, Cadillac Williams is the is the head coach mm-hmm. right now. At the same time, when this season hasn't gone the the way you'd hoped, 
it is tempting to look back on when times were better and think of what lessons can be uh, can can be learned from examination and appreciation of 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 that time period. And I think I think there may be some of that tomorrow as well. Reminding folks about the best times of Auburn uh, of Auburn University football. Oh yes, looking for for things to to pull from a season that has really not gone. Uh, e- even though Auburn was projected at the bottom of the SEC West. Uh, I don't think there are many Auburn fans that thought Auburn would be three and six at this point. Uh, and I mean, look, think about it. I mean, their 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 only Power Five win is is that is that one over Missouri, which should have been a loss. That's the Auburn, only time Auburn should be winless in conference play. And, and that's and I mean, even getting back to I mean that that's that's Auburn's only Power Five win since Bo Nix got hurt. That's right. right. I mean, you, you go back to since the Ole Miss win last year. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, you you go back over a year, and it and it's um, you know, I mean that that that's that's sort of been the. I mean, it's it's been a it's been a pretty dark twelve month period for the Auburn football team, dating back to to Halloween of last year. And uh, yeah, I think that if if there's and even if it's not with uh, with one sided victory after one sided victory or anything like that, if if you can if if you can put folks on the right path, if you can just sort of set a course. For something better, you know that that would I, I think it would help wash some of the bad taste out of folks' mouths. I think the last week there have been uh, three separate events that give people that feeling that this can this this should be heading in the right direction. It can and probably is, and that is the way Auburn played last week after falling behind twenty-four to six to Mississippi State. John Cohen's introductory press conference as athletics director, and then the football facility, football-only facility opening. Those, I mean, when, when you see that, that combination of those three things, you go, oh, there's an opportunity. I, and and I, I, I really do believe Auburn has the opportunity, if they make the right hire at head coach, to get things turned around and to really have a a a great future in yeah you know, in, in football because right now as John Cohen said that Auburn athletics is in pretty good shape when you look at the overall athletics program football is the one that needs direction right now but everything is in place with NIL as we spoke with Brett Whiteside a couple of days ago uh, I mean Auburn has the resources. They now have the facility there and the football-only facility. And and I think they have the leadership with Dr. Chris Roberts and John Cohen. They just need the right football coach at the helm. I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think that the conditions, you know, even – even with some of the, I mean, the conditions were already there for Auburn to have a successful football program. The things that people can point to, the resources, the um, the history, the the talent in the immediate area. Yeah. But then some of the things you're right. Some of the things that are new about this program, the the vacancy in the in the head coach's office. Right. I mean, it's it, the fact that there appears to be a, a period of 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 change. And right the, now, I, I feel that there is. Uh, I mean. The, the people that, that can and are very influential want to support the next coach. I mean, that's why it's very important, you know, who that next coach is. Because if he gets, you know, if, if everybody can be pulling in the same direction, 
this can be a this can be a very dangerous foe. You know, somebody asked something uh, that that I hadn't uh, considered. You know, we have a uh, Lois, a listener who uh, who chimes in on social media every now and then, wondering, um, how surprised would you be with a Tommy Tuberville appearance tomorrow? Among all the different uh, among all the different folks, luminaries, and and I understand there's I I wouldn't be stunned. I wouldn't at be surprised all. at all. No, just to, to see an acknowledgement I mean, from that that was you know that's Cadillac coach and 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 one of the. I mean, it's it's not just Cadillac's coach. I mean, that that's one of the signature players of Tommy Tuberville's era of Auburn football. Right about is, that. is Cadillac Williams and and they're two guys that are sort of, I mean, they're they're joined in Auburn history in a lot of ways because their eras were at the same time. I, I yeah, I would think that maybe, I mean, Tom Tommy Tuberville's made it to a couple of Auburn games this year, from what yes, I understand. Yes. And uh, and yeah, I think that's uh, that that's an interesting question. And and uh, yeah, I wonder, you know, with with this being Cadillac's home game or his his debut as as the head coach, you know, I wonder if you know if, if Auburn's preparing anything from the jumbotron from you know for folks who you know have, oh, have been. If if you don't see the go crazy Cadillac in the pregame, I would uh, then yeah. I'd be very disappointed. I, I would think that you know Auburn's you know got a lot of op you know they've, they've got a lot of material uh, at, at their hands to to sort of you know to to comb through to to, to put together something, but that would be uh, one of the one of the more prominent former Auburn coaches uh, out there, uh, current Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville, who uh, yeah did did uh, coach uh, Cadillac Williams when when they were at Auburn together. Yeah, I. I I wouldn't be surprised at all. Hey, uh, we're approaching. Hey, our Ron, first... I think Ronnie Brown might get called upon for a little. Well, bit Ronnie of... and Jason are already there. They're part of the broadcast crew, you know. Yeah. So I mean, uh, they're, yeah, the, they're, they're the they're the easy ones, right? Okay, like they're, you they're... know they're there. They're being paid to be there. <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's going to be a great atmosphere tomorrow. Jason Caldwell said Wednesday he thought this could be the most exciting Tiger Walk since 1989. And that's I mean that's that's amazing to think about. That a Tiger walk for a three and six team, and it's not like oh Auburn hasn't won a game since 1989, and and I mean and again won a national fo- championship played for another right and and folks might be wondering well why why would that be you know what what's what's so what would be so charged about tomorrow and and I think it's I mean it's on, on top of the fact that it's a sort of a shedding of the Brian Harson era for for good with the first home right. game without him, but also the fact that that such a prominent former Auburn player is now in charge of the program and somebody who, uh, you know, had, had, uh, uh, has, you know, people, people have emotions tied to Cadillac Williams and, and, and what he, it's, it, cause it's not, it's not just about how the team did. It's Cadillac's decision to come to Auburn in the first place has a story behind it. Mm-hmm. And Cadillac's decision to stay at Auburn after the 2003 season and play another year. You know, there, there's significance for folks who remember, and even for folks who have just heard bits and pieces of sort of the Cadillac Williams legacy. I think this is a really, it's, you know, it doesn't take much to understand that, that getting to see him coach the team is sort of a progression of this. And, uh, and, and it makes whoever Auburn was playing tomorrow, it's going to be a special game. Uh, there's, it's a, there's a little bit more now knowing it's, it's, it's an SEC West opponent, like a and M three, three, four, three, two, one, 1390. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. We'll get to our first break. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk some, you know, coaching rumblings and rumors. Uh, everybody's hot boards seem to be adjusting just a little. And again, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think that's coming from John Cohen, but just from other people that are, um, you know, either prospective candidates or some of their, um, or some of their, some people close to them. Let's put it that way. We'll get to our first break. Love for you to join in as we continue from Skybar Cafe here on the Friday Drive. 
Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday evening. Bill and Dan coming to you from Skybar Cafe. Taking your calls, questions, comments. And uh, as I was saying before we went to break, I mean, folks updating their hot boards. I mean, obviously, look, there are two names that are on everybody's list. No question about it. And it does appear in order, Lane Kiffin, Hugh Freeze. Then depending on who's listing prospective candidates, there are other candidates that are mentioned from from Deion Sanders to Jeff Grimes to Mark Stoops to to whoever, but it does seem Lane and Hugh are the top two names. Would you would you? Yeah, I mean, with that? I mean, without knowing you know exactly what's going on inside, it seems plausible. I don't know that those are yeah. the top two on John Cohen's list. Right. If you, if you told me that that the the belief is that they're going to make an offer to Lane Kiffin, and if he decides to take it, then Lane Kiffin's your next coach. If he decides to pass. Maybe the next guy on the list is Hugh Freeze. Like that, that feels plausible. Uh huh. You know, I, I guess in the case of well, with Lane Kiffin, it's made sense to me. You know, because of what he's been able to do throughout his career, but especially if you want to if you want to highlight Alabama offense coordinator, FAU coach, Ole Miss coach. Like the last few seasons, it would make sense for folks to view him as a potential savior, a a guy who checks a lot of the right boxes. You want an offensive coach. Yeah then uh, you can't do much better than, than – I don't know where you're going to do better than Lane Kiffin. I mean, my, my questions have always sort of been about his hireability and, and whether or not he would have the desire to make the jump from where he has things going very well to an Auburn situation that would be more uncertain. You know, would, would he – and there are reasons why you'd rather – historically, you'd rather be the coach at Auburn than Ole Miss. Sure. It's a question of in this moment with this guy getting it rolling like few people have ever gotten it rolling at Ole Miss – you know, would, would he want to leave that behind and take on a new challenge? I don't know. The answer could be yes. The, the answer could be a- no. The, the answer could be me, no. Uh, like, like the old Magic 8-Ball, ask me again later. How about after the game tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. Tomorrow is going to be a, you know, if, 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 if Lane Kiffin can, you know, maybe Lane Kiffin realizes this team this year is closer to the top of the SEC West than – uh, than he realized going into the season, or other folks realized going into the season, if they can win, right. you know, but, if they can win against Alabama. But if he doesn't win tomorrow at home, will he feel like he's going to have a better chance at Ole Miss down the road? That's that's really that's really important. I think tomorrow. I think uh, uh, again. I I still think Alabama's Alabama's favored by too many points, but it's still hard for me to pick Ole Miss straight up in that ball game because of their defensive deficiencies. But if they win, they have a path to the college football playoffs. And if you, and if he makes the playoffs there, one of the arguments has been, well, you can't make the playoffs if you're at Ole Miss. He wins tomorrow, he very well could. Oh, I, I mean he could be in he could be in the mix, you know, with a ten and two or eleven and one season. He'd be eleven and one could if be he eleven wins tomorrow and they went out. Could, yeah. could could be eleven and one and even if he, he doesn't go to the SEC championship game. And that might be better for him. And um, if he doesn't go to the SEC Oh, I think I think game. so. I mean uh, you know, depending on who else finishes, you know, in the mix for the playoff, you know, you do wonder if 
would you rather go 11 and one uh, and and not play Georgia or go 11 and one and have a game to win the SEC? Because but if you win that, you're in. You win, but it's the Georgia Bulldogs. Right. You know, so I I don't know. I think that's that's a, that's a good point. You know, maybe there's still some more information deciding what Lane Kiffin wants to do. In the case of Hugh Freeze. I, I just think it, it feels... I think Hugh Freeze wants the job. It, I don't think there's any question Hugh Freeze wants the job. It feels like his his recruiting feels like a wild card, right? Because you have... I guess. You have you have the success that he had as He as actually has his, a better track record of recruiting than Lane does. He does, but he also... But Lane Kiffin hasn't had wins taken away right. because of his recruiting. So there's there's a there, there's a flip side there where... Lane, I mean, as, as a recruiter, when he first got to Ole Miss, Hugh Freeze was exceptional. He recruited Ole Miss better than... Anybody, two top five classes. Anybody has two top five recruiting and classes. Now everybody and, knows why. And two top five recruiting classes without success on the field to point to and sell. Right? Like they were struggling in year one, and he oh, was yes. still collecting yeah. those players and getting them to come to Ole Miss. Now it ended up being uh, in violation of some rules, and, and there were NCAA-related penalties accordingly. But that doesn't mean that if you freeze, got another opportunity in the Power Five, he he like I think it's it's tough to know or even assume, right? Like what kind of recruiter he's going to be because there are there are things that make you think he's a very strong recruiter. There are also some strings attached to his greatest successes as a recruiter. I kind of think Hugh Freeze would get good players I th- I think at, a, at, a, at a power five I, program. I also, I also think Hugh Freeze and not to say Lane Kiffin wouldn't, but I think Hugh Freeze would prioritize great recruiters on his staff. I don't know that that's necessarily the top thing for Lane, but I think for Hugh Freeze, it would be very important. Well, it would make sense for Lane Kiffin, you know, and I understand this this more, this more method. I, I, I wish Lane would prioritize a great defensive coordinator. If he was my coach, that's what I'd want him to prioritize because I'm not terribly concerned about Lane's offense. Right, and even in the case of Lane Kiffin's offense, right, like the, we're seeing coaches who have the you know the belief that that they've got they've got the the special knowledge and they just need the right players not necessarily the best players and Lane Kiffin might be one of the few coaches that that really I mean he can find he can find players that maybe some other programs overlooked and or or I, I don't know the guys from the transfer portal true. people that everybody wanted yeah and he folks, did great Quint, in the transfer and Quinshawn Judkins wasn't some obscure no nobody he wasn't ever, nobody never heard of prospect either when he was at Pike Road and now he's you know a thousand plus yards on the ground as a rookie so so you're right I mean maybe it is uh there, there's nobody doing it without acknowledging the no. importance of, of, of going out and getting the players are, are, are ve- completely realize the importance of adding talent to your roster. Yeah, Hugh, I mean, Hugh Freeze especially, like, to, to me, and, and that's not, to, like, Hugh Freeze has had success at, aside from Ole Miss as an offense coordinator. He's at Arkansas State, now at Liberty, too. And those teams weren't loaded with first-round picks or anything like that. At, Hugh, at, at Ole Miss, the secret sauce was NFL receivers. Like, it, it really, I mean, you look yeah. at us, I mean, it's, it's and, and and look, if you can get them, I mean, Josh Heupel looks like a genius. I think he's got some NFL receivers right now helping him look like a genius. Joe Brady looked like the biggest genius oh, yeah. in the history of college football. It turned out he had two guys that no one could cover playing playing receivers. So no, I, I think it, it, and is it helped Bryce? Did it help Bryce Young? It helped. Oh, and Tua? Absolutely. I mean, Alabama the last few years. Yeah. You're, you're you're absolutely right. I think some of it is the importance of it's it's maybe never been more important to have needle movers 
at that position, right. uh, you know, with the way college football is going, in part because if you don't have them, you're going to face teams that do, and it's just going to be all that much tougher. So, yeah, I would think that either of those guys would understand the importance of, of skill position players, explosive, high-quality skill position players, and, and yeah, I think Lane Kiffin is a uh, – link. I mean, Lane, Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze both are I, – I can, I can understand why people look at them as the answer. So my question right, – yesterday, Justin Ferguson – um, from the Auburn Observer said he just has a feeling that there is someone just because of John Cohen's history. Mm. I mean, we had no nobody had an inkling about Joe Moorhead before he was hired. Nobody. I mean, there sure wasn't any hit of Mike Leach before he was hired. And those were those were big time hires at Mississippi State. The nation applauded the hire of Joe Moorhead. He just wasn't a fit. He actually won some games there. At Mississippi State, he just was not a good fit. And Mike Leach caught everybody by surprise. So is there someone that John Cohen has on his list now that he's at Auburn that said, thinking, I couldn't get this guy at Mississippi State, but I can get him at Auburn? Hmm. I'm, I'm wondering, and I'd love our listeners, is there somebody that, that maybe hasn't been talked about that you think might all of a sudden, pop up as a candidate at Auburn. I'm trying to think like like who, who would fit the fit the bill as available to to be hired. It would be it would be a name. Yeah, this would, this would be someone that you go, wow, oh yeah. I mean, my, but who could it be? Well, I my mean, my initial my initial reaction to that would be, I mean, the the biggest name who hasn't been part of the conversation to me is Kirk Meyer, and you can decide why that is. Yeah. But Urban Meyer is a—I mean, Urban Meyer's accomplished more as a college football coach than Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze combined. So yes, I mean, if you three I, national yeah, I mean, so I mean, so I, I get the argument for those other guys, but like you're telling me there's a there's a there's a, a secret whale in this in in this coaching search. I would I, I would wonder a, I would wonder if if Urban Meyer. Was I'm wondering if there is a seated coach somewhere that people just couldn't even think consider leaving. We'll, uh, we'll think about that. We'd love for you to join in as we head into the final half hour Friday Drive from the Sky Bar Cafe. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in final 25 minutes or so of the Friday Drive. Bill and Dan here at Sky Bar Cafe. Taking your calls, questions, comments. Love to hear from you. I mean... Um, sure. I mean, everyone is excited about uh, Cadillac tomorrow night, Texas A&M, a team coming in, Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies coming in struggling. I mean, so is Auburn. Both teams have lost five straight, but it's a completely different attitude around Auburn than there is at, at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is wondering, what are we going to do? We're, we're $90 million into this guy. There's got to be something. My feeling is... The most likely thing that Texas A&M does is they really put pressure on Jimbo to hire a play caller. 
to turn the play calling over to someone else. That sort, that sort of happened to Gus Malzahn, right? If yes. you go back to yes. after the first couple of years when it was clear Auburn didn't want to fire Gus Malzahn, they actually but, but Auburn wasn't going through what Jimbo's going no, through. No, they're not, but the the I mean, I guess you would go back to the Jeremy Johnson season, right? The 2015 year yeah. when there was there wasn't. There wasn't the kind of pressure to fire Gus Malzahn, but there was a belief things needed to improve. Things got to change. And right. and it wasn't so much the caliber of player that he was brought in. It was what was being done with the players on the court. And yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe A&M goes and tries to poach Garrett Riley, right? Like, that's that's where you, you know. There, you, there are two names that, that I keep hearing, Cliff Kingsbury or Garrett Riley. Right. I mean, that, and Ger- that, Garrett that, Riley That's what make Texas A&M fans happy. Gar- How happy would that make Jimbo Fisher? Right. Now, Garrett Riley is the offensive coordinator at TCU. He's Lincoln Riley's younger brother. He's getting a lot of credit for yep. Sonny Dykes having TCU in the college football playoff picture in just year one of the... Uh, by the way, you know, who, uh, you know who started the year at quarterback for TCU, Bill? Uh, yeah, it was uh, uh, Chad Morris' uh, son. Yeah, Chandler, Chandler Morris. He uh, and, and uh, he he got pulled. They went with uh, yeah. this Max character. He got hurt too. That's right. That's he right. Hurt. He got he got hurt, and the Max character took over. Uh, but that was uh, that was that was Chandler Morris, who you know was discussed uh, back when uh, back when Chad was Auburn's offensive coordinator a couple of years ago. His son uh, now the uh, was was the was the starting quarterback to begin the season uh, mm-hmm. for TCU. Cliff Kingsbury. I think the other issue there is. I mean, he might not be on the market until January, depending on might how, not. The, how just the NFL. Depends on when 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 they uh, it, they want to get rid of it. Just, it would be a surprise to see a sitting Ooh. NFL coach leave to become a college oh, offensive no. coordinator. But if, if he is shown the door, if he's shown the door, yeah. then then it's a question of do you feel like waiting until January potentially to bring in your new offensive coordinator, or is there a need on the recruiting I just, trail? I just, or yeah, and again, like, I wonder how Jimbo would feel about Cliff Kingsbury being sort of forced on him. Yeah, thinking. Oh, yeah, great. And if things go great, then they will buy me out. Of course, he'd still have all the money. But, I mean, Kingsbury would then be making a great, um, you know, great move toward toward his job. Piece of, piece of leverage for for, uh, for for Jimbo Fisher, too, right? Refusing to give up that that post necessar- yeah. necessarily and maybe trying to, you know, exact the, the money. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or exact a better no. deal somehow. Get no, give me $85 million. <laughs> Yeah. You, so, realize, you realize Jimbo has to win out. He has to win out this year. To be averaging eight wins a year at Texas A&M, which is which to, is I mean, to be average. He's so which I is mean, sort of where Kevin Sumlin was when they fired him. Oh, his right? record, was, his record is not nearly his, as good. Now his, as I, know, I know his record in conference is considerably worse than Sumlin's. And his record overall now is worse. And, it's two games worse. Right, and now, and now Sumlin's was a little bit boosted by those first two years with Johnny Manziel, right. but but still. Uh, there was a belief that maybe the Manziel years could be the norm with someone like Jimbo Fisher at the helm at Texas A&M. That hasn't been the case, and now it's a question of, yeah. Jimbo's gone 9-8, with his wins. <sighs> and, this, and it's three with an incredible win over Arkansas in a game where they probably yeah, got no outplayed. No and... Kidding. Um, I mean, the, and the Miami game wasn't all that great either, right? I mean, this is this is a and there's a loss to, there's a loss to App in there, yeah, right. I mean, so this is it. It has not been the kind of season that folks were expecting uh, in College Station, and and I think that if in in any circumstance a coach in these circ you know would, would be would be feeling the heat, but with Jimbo Fisher and the contract he received, it's yeah, it's it's there, there there's pressure. You you would think there's not pressure on Jimbo Fisher. Uh, for the rest of this season, it's a it's a matter going forward and, and next year. But Jimbo Fisher can, I mean, maybe he can alleviate it a little bit with quality performances the rest of the way. I tell you, what would really help would be the quarterback. If Connor oh, yeah. if Connor Wingman can look good, that 
helps A and M well, believe they've got an answer at a big problem. We we've seen some you know um, inexperienced quarterbacks come in and have great games against Auburn, but you've also seen some inexperienced quarterbacks come in. And I mean, this is his first road start. Yep. First road start in what uh, should be a, a tremendous atmosphere tomorrow night. If Connor Wigman plays well, then yeah, Jimbo may have himself, uh, you know, that the solution to to those problems. Because that's but, maybe, and that's maybe been the biggest problem with all. I mean, Kellen Mond had the good year in Haynes 2020. King, remember, it was Haynes King yeah. over Max Johnson yeah. and everybody. I mean, I could never look at those guys and go. Oh yeah, Haynes King should be playing over Max Johnson. Didn't didn't understand it from the I mean didn't understand it from the from the moment and then and then watching the offense struggle and they only scored 14 points in the app game week yeah. two. I mean that was that was really the I mean it, from the moment this thing started right A and M's been taking heat and a lot of it has to do with Jimbo's offense and what he's got at quarterback. Connor Wigman can back some of that pressure off and he can mm-hmm. uh, you know if if he plays well if he doesn't and quarterback's still a crisis going into next season. Who knows what Jimbo's going to do? All right, so so back to what we were talking about before the bottom of the hour. Have you thought about it anymore? Is there is there somebody out there? Is Dan Lanning mm-hmm. one of those types that now he's being talked about? But is it some? Is there somebody like that well, that could be out there that you go, oh, I hadn't thought about him. Now there's there, there's some folks that are really excited about Dan Lanning, who's in his first year at Oregon. There's some questions. I mean, you you wonder. Is Dan Lanning, how good a coach is Dan Lanning? What is the quality of competition that Oregon has played since the Georgia game? Well, but, you also, I think in the case of Dan Lanning, too, it's, 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 I just it wonder if there's be, somebody sh- else yeah. like that. It shouldn't just be about the last six or seven weeks, right? Dan Lanning's career is, you he know, can recruit. He can recruit, but it's, I mean, I, I would think that if, if you weren't crazy about the idea of Dan Lanning as a candidate a year ago, the fact that he's been I hired. Dan Lanning would have been a pretty good candidate yeah, a year ago. Yeah, I, I know. The fact that he's been hired at Oregon now, you know, shouldn't, uh, uh, you know, it cost you quite a few million dollars more to get him right now than it yeah. would have a year ago. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little surprised to see. Um, I'm a little surprised to see Landing's name mentioned. I'm also I was surprised to see Oregon hire him. Right, like that wasn't the guy that I thought Oregon was no. going to go after in the aftermath. You never know of what Mario Bill Knight's going to do. Yeah, you never you never know in the aftermath of the Mario Cristobal thing if. If Dan Lanning wanted to leave and stay coaching somewhere else where you, you're at a top 15, top 20 job, I would think that Auburn would be an attractive landing spot for him. I don't know if he wants to leave. Like he just got there. And, he, and, yeah, he, and, and, that, and, that, and that league, without USC and UCLA in it, yeah, I mean, there's a path for Oregon to be very good. Yeah, <laughs> if, if anybody pays any attention to that league at all, absolutely. Yeah. There's a path to domination for years. I just want, are, is there anybody? In a, and in a 12-team playoff, that could matter. Is it, A path to oh, domination yes. in, a 12, oh, yes. in a 12-team playoff could be a really attractive. Also, maybe the Big Ten. Let's also not forget that Oregon, if the Big Ten's poaching anybody else from that conference, you would think that Oregon would be the oh, you the, would, pro, the program. They sure look like the, the, the next best team, uh, as, as long as the ACC staying together. So I'm, what I'm thinking is, is there anybody in the ACC who has proven themselves in the SEC as a recruiter 
or something like that. Well, Dave, Cla- well, Dave, Dave Clawson was was uh, was, uh, was Tennessee's was, coordinator was, for a year. Was Tennessee's coordinator for a year? Not a good season. That was the no. 2008 season. Um, I look. I like Dave Clawson. I have no idea how it would work yeah, at, at, at Auburn. He's he's to me as a guy where there's a bunch of I'm very and it's 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 harder to advocate for that kind of coach in the aftermath of Brian Harson because so much of the success yeah, can be compared right. to what Brian Harson was able to do. The immediacy it, of the and the pain of the immediacy is like oh you you better be sure if you're right. doing something like, like that. Like I, I think that Dave Clawson from Wake Forest and um, Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina are both coaches that are very good, and I think they would do a very good job if given a chance. Uh, but at the same time, I can understand the reluctance to empower somebody who would be such an outsider and and hasn't really you know had, had a comparable job before because you just had it fail so spectacularly with Brian Harson. Alright, so uh, I get I, I get a, uh, a text or actually a message from Matthew who says, by the way, the phones aren't working. Okay. He says, but dark horses in his mind. That would mind, make sense. Yeah, I wondered. I thought there's no way we're not, we should be How'd we get Bagwell? I, I don't know. He says, but dark horses, he said he's been trying and the phone, the phones aren't working. Mm. He sees dark horses for the Auburn job are Chris Kleiman, Kansas State, Bill Clark, Sean Clark, Chip Kelly, John Sumrall, uh, Jamie Chadwick, Jamie Chadwell, uh, uh, yeah, Coastal. Chadwell. Um, yeah, I actually, yeah, I, I lost my message. I had to try to click, and Dave Aranda. Okay, so now, now the yeah, it's Chadwell. The, right. the the issue there with some of those guys, because I, I I don't, and there's not a name on that list I necessarily think like, oh, it'd be a disaster. You know what? I, I saw Bill Clark to Georgia Tech today. I I just Bill Bill Clark is one to me. Where He's going to be a coach again. That, that's ours. Um, Bill Clark is, uh, oh no, that not the Asher. You can keep that. The, the case the is case ours. Is. The case is ours. Um, <laughs> we're at Skybar. Uh, the, uh, uh, you know, Bill, Bill Clark to me would, would just not, um, it gets, it gets back to the issue of, are you, you're, are you ready to bring in someone who's a total outsider to power five football? Right. I know Bill Clark has a high school and obviously coaching he knows, resume. He knows all the coaches in the state of Alabama and around the South. Sure. I, I just wonder, um, I, you know, in, in the how I guess it gets back to the question of how important is it that this is a name that excites people? I think it right now that the top candidates are going to be names are going to be power five head coaches. Yeah, I, I don't I, know that. That's just my feeling. Bill, Bill Clark, one of the res, one of the reservations I would have with Bill Clark would be: Would the reaction to Bill Clark getting the job be so deflated? Would it be so uh, angry? Like, would there be? I mean, I, you know, I, I've used you know tantrum as as the word, sort of like if if with with the kind of fans that reacted to Greg Schiano getting the 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 Tennessee job a couple of years ago with such venom that it forced Tennessee to change course auburn has and it's one one of the cool things about the auburn fan base is how active and how outspoken this fan base is on social media. And you see it yeah. after the basketball team wins a game and the meme team goes and floods the other team's mentions with, with barbs about Auburn's victory. You know, I, I, how important is pleasing that crowd with this coaching search? And do you worry that if you hired someone like Bill Clark 
that it would it would almost torpedo it from the very beginning. That that would be. Well, my, I don't think that can be your most important. It can't be the most thing. important thing. No, it's I mean, something to consider. You know, it is how, how the how the reaction, how it will be received by the fans at large. And I think Bill Clark is one of several coaches that you can sort of wonder about. Like, would this be? Uh, would this be meant? I also just, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's there, there's a. There, there's, I think there's a real question of, of the size of the job being being something that Bill Clark would be right. a, a little right. bit so, with. So there's been a lot of talk about Jeff Grimes, but not much talk about his boss, Dave Aranda. Hmm. Dave Aranda won a national championship as LSU's defensive coordinator a right. couple was, of years ago. He was ago. there for a few years. Power five experience in the uh, in the Big 12. I mean, it checks some of those boxes, certainly. I mean, that's a, uh, that's a guy who, you know, I, I don't know... A lot about Aranda's reputation as a recruiter. I don't either, and and what kind of players he's known to get. And I would just think that's, if I, I mean, if I had to, if I had to boil it down to one thing, maybe it's an overreaction to Brian Harson and the two years that we saw with him. I would think your reputation as a recruiter is it's not the only thing, but it's it's, it's among, a very important thing. It's and, among and, the and, most important. And things. one thing that some folks have pointed to is Dave Aranda is a defensive coach. And the Baylor defense hasn't been very good this year. Their offense has been the better part of the team, and that's Jeff Grimes. Yeah, no, I, I just, I wonder what, uh, yeah, I wonder if Dave Aranda would be, again, it gets back to what John Cohen's looking for. And I, I would think that Dave Aranda would, would check a lot of boxes um, there would also be some sort of mystery and some intrigue as to what you're getting moving a coach from. Chip Kelly was interesting. Chip Kelly's an interesting one. I, I now. Now they're, but they're they're moving to the Big Ten. They're moving to the Big Ten, and Chip Kelly has a pretty serious contract on his hands right now. Would he want to make the jump uh, to the SEC into a place where, uh, where where you, it, now it's I, and I'm I'm uniquely qualified to talk about the jump from UCLA to Auburn. And I just don't know. I, when you talk about fit, I just don't know that Chip Kelly feels like a fit. Well, I mean, I don't. I mean, you you can field a better football team at Auburn than you can at UCLA. There are players that you can oh, yes. get. There are players that you can get at Auburn. UCLA, there there are whether it's the football stadium being an hour from campus, whether it's the basketball program being so prominent and 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 always sort of the crown jewel of the athletic department. I, I could understand why, you know, if if Chip Kelly had the opportunity to go to somewhere that would give him uh, more resources or more opportunity to succeed on a year in year out basis it would it would intrigue him um but he's got a pretty good situation going right now at UCLA oh, yeah. and 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 like you said they're going to the and, Big it, Ten and he's finally soon. got it turned around now. and he's finally got it turned around in a way where maybe he wouldn't want to uh he wouldn't want to just hand that over uh, to somebody else Chip Kelly's winning and you'd think Auburn would be an upgrade uh, at the same time that's not that's not the the long and short of it right it's not just well Auburn's a better job than this place, so Auburn should just go get that guy's coach. I mean, it, it's it's a little bit more complicated than that. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Keep trying. I, I didn't realize that the uh, phones weren't working, uh, but uh, we'd we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can you can text us on the Kia uh, on the uh, the drive text box. Brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Three three four five six four eighteen forty. As we continue here on the Friday Drive from Skybar Cafe. Let's get back to the drive. 
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes here from Sky Bar Cafe with Bill and Dan. And, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the SEC, a few interesting ball games tomorrow. Obviously, we talked a little bit about Alabama and Ole Miss over in Oxford. Ole Miss with an open date. But, man, they have struggled defensively. But I, I just wonder. I mean, Bryce Young um, is, is really, really good. But he's not great this year the way he was a year ago. And I think part of it is because he doesn't have – game-breaking receivers. You've also had an Alabama team that has hardly been a lockdown defense uh, this season. They gave, that is up, true. gave up 32 points to uh, to LSU, gave up 52 to Tennessee a couple of weeks ago, and you could say, well, those games are on the road. So is, so is Ole so Miss. So is tomorrow's. I mean, I, I think Alabama I think Alabama's going to win. I, I just, I, I would be surprised if this was a game where Alabama was comfortably ahead the entire fourth quarter. Especially right? like it after... Feels like it, Seems like especially after last year when Lane said, you know, get your popcorn, and they were down, <laughs> down forty-two to seven at the half. They, they were they were down early uh, in in that game, and you would think that that Lane Kiffin and the uh, and, and yeah, may, maybe Alabama's got the defense to to take Lane out of it and to take the offense for Ole Miss. And a lot of it down. depends on can Jackson Dart uh, be be a be a consistent passer tomorrow. I mean, but but Alabama they can run the ball, and and when and when Ole Miss can run the ball, it opens things up a little bit for Jackson Dart to have those passing lanes. I'm not sure how great of a passer uh, J- right. J- Jaden Daniels is. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, Hendon Hooker's pretty good. He uh, is. He is. When he's got time, Hendon Hooker when he's got is. time is pretty good. But I would think, uh, I, I mean, and and then I think the question is, Alabama, you would think has the advantage against the Ole Miss defense. Should. Can, can, oh, absolutely. How, how, how many times but, are they going to win that But how that committed matchup? are they to really running the ball? I mean, I, I, you're, you're right. I mean, and, and and if they decide to throw the ball a ton, can Ole Miss uh, rattle uh, Bryce Young's cage a little bit? Because we've seen some uh, uh, we, we, we've seen some situations where, uh, where, where, Al, where where he's been running more than he would like uh, to try to avoid defenses. And that's for an Alabama, for Alabama, a team that's been as good on the offensive line over the last mm-hmm. decade as anybody, that's been something of a surprise to see Bryce Young having to uh, improvise and scramble as much as he has this season. You think Arkansas's got a shot against LSU? He got a shot. I, you know, LSU's got a little team of destiny in them for me. I want. I think they do. Gonna... I just want to know how they how they play. Usually, the week after a team plays Alabama, it's tough. I, I think that's a that's. It's understandable, especially because LSU has been playing some close games. Uh, that this that this game uh, could be uh, you know could could be a battle. And this is this is Arkansas season too, right? Like they they pull off oh, yeah. a win over a game. You know they, they pull off a win like this. It is then it, then it makes up for last week's loss to Liberty. It makes up for the loss to Liberty and and the fact that that Arkansas is not not in the SEC West championship race the way some folks maybe thought they would be uh, this year. So yeah, I think it could be. Um, I think it's close. I'll take a close LSU victory. Would be my and, guess. And and then the uh, the Auburn Texas A and M game. Auburn Oof. a slight favorite in this ball game, and I, I like the Tigers because of A and M struggles on defense and the fact that Connor Wigman hasn't started a road game. But I think it is a I think it's a tight game. How about razor close? Someone's kicking a field goal at the buzzer. Mark.
That's I think this maybe, thing's maybe, maybe Alex. Maybe it's Alex McPherson. Who knows? But tomorrow, it'd be cool if it were Anders Carlson kicking. I'd I'd love to see it. But uh, but yeah, I think this could be a uh, this could be a, a, a Tuberville esque football game tomorrow. Close special teams mattering a lot. Don't forget Auburn High School football coming up over on Wings Night Four Three. Dothan six thirty for the airtime after the game tomorrow late night. Right here on ESPN 106.7. We're back with you Monday. Ryan Matthews joins us. Uh, thanks to everybody here at Skybar for having us out here on this Friday. Out of time, though. Have a great weekend, everybody. Skybar out of here.